Hello and welcome to the AdNug podcast, the podcast for the Adelaide.net user group. I'm your host, David Gardner. This is a recording from our May 2023 meeting, Moving Beyond RESTful, Why GRPC Should Be Your Next Choice for .NET API Services, with Annie Lee. So, um... GRPC, um, I've been doing, okay, I, honestly, I haven't spent too much time on it because I was busy a lot of different things and family too. Um, yeah, a bit about me. Um, I'm coming from China, that's 15 years ago. I had a talk about seven, eight years ago um, on a different topic. That was pretty awkward because my English wasn't that good. I wasn't able to actually convey the message in a proper way. Hopefully tonight is not going to be catastrophic, failing or kind of thing. If I'm bad, um, please just um, uh, be nice to me. <laughs> right, um, yes, yeah, so I've been always been doing the .NET development. I think I, I brave enough to say that I've got about 20 years. That was since done at 1.1, done at 1.1. Um, and along the journey, I tapped into all sorts of different other stuff, um, including things like web, or, or a little bit backend, the cloud, and other stuff. Um, I've been always been in Adelaide. Um, I have three children. I um, have a family here, so kind of I can say I'm a local people here at it. Um, yeah, uh, before I start, just do a bit survey. Let's see. Um, have you used GIPC before? If you heard about it, hands up, please. Yeah, I was, I would imagine most of us already heard about it. If you've been experimented, Already? No? Not even one? Uh, I would say none of us <laughs> in, the, in the production. So this is why we're here for. And um, I have a different script when I prepare. I would say, oh, if you have it in production already, you know everything about GRPC, what's the point to come here? Um, have you know how old the GRPC is? Um, Hands up, you should think it's a two years old. No? Hands up, saying it's five years old. Okay, a couple. What about eight years? So you guys have been researching before, right? Yeah. The answer is eight years. Um, so it was the... <laughs> Sorry, I was... Um, it was, I think, first published in February. 2015, which about eight years ago. Um, the GRPC itself has a different component to it. It's called um, protobuth. Um, but GRPC doesn't need to have protobuth because protobuth is just an encoding um, kind of technology alongside with GRPC. So you can use a different encoding, a, a serializing, or this 
the deserialization thingy along with the gRPC, or you can, if you use protopub itself, um, you don't have to use gRPC, you can also use for different purpose. So, um, yeah. A bit of agenda, um, of course, we're gonna introduce a little bit of gRPC. I'm trying to do a lot of things, <laughs> things like um, having a sample, a sample project and having some Python client, having some web client, doing a bit JSON transcoding. Hopefully we can cover most of them. If we can't, that's okay. Um, I guess we, you, we can always learn from YouTube. The idea of doing this topic, doing this talk is um, I guess it's just that everyone know there's a thing there. Um, if by any chance you have project that you're gonna do the um, communications between either it's between server to service or service to client to device, you would think you would have an idea that this is something I can use. This is something I can consider to use. Um, by the way, um, when you're not, of course, um, you in most cases you would use um, RESTful services. I mean, almost all of us actually having an experience write a little bit of RESTful services. But I know that few of you guys already been trying a different thing called GraphQL. Um, you know, you've been using GraphQL. Hands up if you're using GraphQL. There's a couple. That's great. Yeah. So um, I'm not saying I'm not here to say, or oh, if you're using GraphQL, you should use gRPC because they'll. You can use both of them for same purpose, but there's always a case. There's there's a better kind of um, justification to use one or the other. So uh, gRPC, um, I don't know, some people say G stands for Google because it's first developing Google and Google release that as one of the product. But someone G say G actually doesn't stand for Google. I don't know, I didn't search for that, maybe something else. But that, I guess that doesn't matter as long as it works for us. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, I guess, a gRPC has come out from the internal kind of product from Google called Stubby that was being around for many, many years. Because Google thinks RESTful services is not good enough for them and they want something high performing. They want something that is actually um, works better for them, I guess, um, for, them, for their microservices kind of architecture in a, in a services environment. But publicly, they, if, if you're interacting with the services with Google, most likely we will still interacting with the JSON services, which, which is RESTful services, sorry. So um, a is a different thing, um, it's the, Started 2001 and open source in 2008. I guess Protobuf is kind of um, 
older or yeah, older than gRPC. Um, yeah, let's just okay. I'm gonna create a, a gRPC service project. We're gonna start from there. So um, yeah, um, that's just not talking too much talk. I'm really not a good talk. <laughs> Um, so let's do this. Um, I guess we can do Visual Studio. Learn a way I'm going to do cheating too because there is, I'm going to reference to the um, solutions I already have. So I'm going to create a new project because um, Visual Studio has the building template for gRPC. So let's start like that or call it. Um, let's just place in a photo on it. Will this be too small, or is it just enough? You good? Yeah. Make sure choose the right thing. No Docker. No top level statement. So out of way we have a project, and in the project it give us some kind of a basic thing to start with. The first thing you notice is um, in, it's a dependency injection here to gRPC, and it's a map gRPC services. Um, so there's two things that get up going, get us going, and um, that's coming actually coming from the package called gRPC ASP.NET Core. And of those package um, are actually come from, if I do it a view, it should actually bring the package in. Um, under this package, there's three different things. I don't know if you can see it. There's I lost my mouse, that's okay. Um, there's a Google put a bath that's in at stage. The thing that's um, in doing the um, serialization, deserialization, or code transcoding, or um, whatever you want to say. Um, well, the other things um, we have is the Google tools. Um, the tools mostly just enable us being able to. Um, compiling the, a proto file into a C-sharp file um, in which um, we're going to talk about later. Um, there's also client factory that which what we actually needed to um, do is um, uh, to enable the, um, the 
the um, this is coming from actually um, that's the code actually have have us to run the server code sorry um, yeah so let's have a look at the services here you see uh, it's coming up give us the greet.proto files that's the service definition or I usually call it a specification of the um, services and with that it will give us generate the file like this generate a C sharp services file like this which is going to place under the um, get place it's actually get place under the code generation under the protos there's a couple of there's two different files here um, it, the service space they're giving us is what we can get to use to spin up our server code and it has the virtual method here it's shows exception by default because we didn't override it um, so go back to the actual services to just we all we need to do to spin to have the service running all we need to do is just override the services and we have the contract have everything ready we have the request and we should be able to run it straight away I'll click that button And the thing that this one is the logging that coming out the phone um, by default by the gRPC or actually by the um, ASP.NET web. And there you go, we should have. Where's our web? We should be able to access this by opening this one. That it's actually coming out from the programs. Um, there's a map get here that's coming up from here. So it actually tells us we can't actually interacting with gRPC from the browser because by default, um, a gRPC hasn't got that capability to interacting it from the browser straight away. So um, I'll show you how later on how to enable such a thing. But for now, uh, let's just try to call it with Postman. So we got the um, address here. Okay. There's nothing here, just create. So just make trying to make a call here um, with the gRPC. Um, how do I knew a gRPC once? Okay, there you go. Um, 
grpc request that's not that's the json ones um so you can see that if we put the address here uh, but by the way by default grpc needs http2 and it needs um HTTPS as a TLS um, authentication. So for the security kind of point of view, we can um, enable the plain HTTP. But I, I guess uh, there's no point in these days. I mean, certificates can be either get by free or anything. Um, so to get the um, contract, we would usually Just select the um, profile because by default we don't know how to talk to um, gRPC services because the uh, the data get transmitted through the gRPC services actually serialized as a binary format. Um, where in the binary format it usually has a number with corresponding data in it. It's as simple as that. So you've got number at number slot one, you have a, maybe an integer value. At number slot two, you probably have going to have some, let's say, a string. Number slot three, you have a data or some date time or those kind of a value in there. So there's no way we would know which one is which. So by kind of interacting with GRPC service. The both server side and the client side will need to have a definition to be able to decoding or to be able to deserialize that into a proper object that is actually human readable. So um, Postman is saying, so over here we have to choose a profile. Once we choose that, a Postman knows what to do. So hopefully we can choose a method. The method is coming up from our protofile that is here. We have a greeter service. The service has a method called say hello, take the hello request, returns a hello reply. This is a service contract or service definition. This one is our data definitions. So come back to the postman. The postman, by looking at profile, understand we have a service called greeter and have a method called say hello. So in doing this, I guess we can invoke this hello nothing because we didn't got any data. Um, I guess we can do a name. If we say hello, cool man, that should come back. Hello, cool man. Um, yeah, so as easy as, easy as that, so create a new, you create a new project, you define, I guess we can, you can, can change the service definition or create a new service definition, you define that. The code automatically generate for you, and then you can start implement your service, and then you can interact straight away. Um, the 
Visual Studio, the MS project is, the project system is smart enough to work it out. The code generation, because we have the, in the project file, you have the photograph item that include the files and and we say generate the service services or the server code for me. Um, the code generation actually have a, lot, a, a few different things. You can we can actually generate client code, or we can do both here. So once we change, let's say we change the both, and if we close that, and we have the build for that. We can actually go back to the generated code. If we're inspecting this, it's actually get generate a client code here straight away for you. So um, yeah, I, I think I'm still in the postman. I guess I'll do another cool thing. Um, I think this is relatively new feature called um, gRPC. Fraction services. It was always there, but it wasn't actually in .NET. So what it's doing is actually it's published the services, additional services on top of existing gRPC services for so that you can actually do service discovery without taking or giving need to have that profile. Um, similar to what you usually have with the Swaggle or Open API kind of um, um, arrangement over there. Let's, uh, let me think. I believe to enable such a thing, we will need to introduce a new gate called GRPC Reflections. GRPC ASMAC core server reflection. Okay. And then in the program file, see I need to cheat because I can't remember everything. Uh, where's my cheating project here? Uh, so we go into So we need to add the um, services GRPC reflection. That's one thing. We also should be able to add map the GRPC reflection services. So obviously here, this one say only do that in development environment. Things we do just do in demo, we don't care. I just do that here. Yep, that should be it. So if I say I'm gonna map the function, so just prove that it work. Let's create a different service here. Um, 
say hello again. Hello requests returns. So I can save that, view that, and we're going to just override it. There you go, it's there already. So we're going to do a similar thing. Oh, we can have something like this. Uh, we can do the similar thing, I guess. Or we can have it a bit weight, actually. Uh, delay. Wait for two seconds. It's 200 milliseconds. And we can return our reply straight away. Oof. It's quite small, isn't it? Um, message equals hello again. Always want to do this. Get used to it. So after that, if we run the services, what? If we run this, go back to a postman. There's no say hello to you, but if we say change the service definition, we can do use server reflection. So once we did that, we should able to see, say hello again. And then go back to here. If we invoke that, you're gonna take two seconds, that's what you do. Say hello again, cool man. So this is one of the cool things that I recently, um, which I'm quite excited about. I, can, I think this is something that would be make it into kind of next level of the service discovery between the services, or if we want to give it to customers, they say, oh, here's a URL, do your own service discovery, and generate your own code, we don't care. Um, it will work, of course. Um, be honest to you, I uh, haven't touched gRPC for almost two years, so this is completely new, something that um, I'm quite excited about, and uh, some something that I want to actually share. Um, let's go back to what, what we do next. I guess the next thing we do is let's create a .NET client. Let's call it and let's see how, how we go. Um, so I'm gonna create a new just the console app. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to get the good naming. I just do client. We know this is a C sharp client. C sharp client. Okay, don't use that. 
There you go. I'm going to do hello world. I'm going to keep hello world. That's okay. So because we generate the both, that means I can count all references server client. I know, but it's probably not a good practice. Um, what we should we do? Should we search just reference the server, or should we generate an additional one? Oh, let's do an additional one because that's what I would usually do because I don't want to actually having a client reference the use server assembly. Um, let's just generate the client itself inside the assembly itself. So what we do, what we need to do is actually um, we need to, of course, we need to have reference to the protofile. And we need to have capability to be able to um, change that to server. Have a capability to be able to generate a code as it build. So I'm going to cheat again by copy and paste because I always do that. So this is the piece of a code I can. So this is that link, common code, link from one project from the other project. But I guess I need to get the folder right because we are in a different kind of folder. There you go. It's not happy. So we got the client and we got the web. Under the web, we got the plotus, which is something like that. It's not even showing. Oh, uh, let's just try in a hard way. Let's see what went wrong. Eight. Existing item. Go to the web project. Choose the photo file. I guess it's not. Choose the everything. Go to that one. Hey, this link. So what went wrong? Suppose include that's that's right. Hmm. I guess this done it. Ooh. I don't know what's going on. Let's just forget about this. And let's just use our old, old ways to do it. Oops. I like to have it. And uh, I like to add the under 
photos the great dog photos it's being funny If I remove so Oh, okay. Just us okay. Well let's do that. Switching items. Oh, I think this, this, we got the file structures not quite right. Let's go. It's all messed up. Let's, um, I guess we can fix it. By moving both of these out into this guy. And let's open it up again. And let's just do this thing again. Hopefully it appears. No, oh, give up. Let's just move, remove this one. Let's just add the definition file. The profile and uh, the right photo. Choose the right file. Let's add this link. There you go. Behaving like the right thing. Let's just place that on the same kind of photo structure. There you go. Behaving now. Um, it's none at the moment. That's okay, but because that's because we need to add a new get reference to enable the code generation. I believe that is there's few things we need to Google profile, we need client, and we need tools. We need three of those things. Just do, 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 just do a separate action group. We don't need the JSON transcoding yet, so we're going to talk about it later on. Um, so we need to change that to proto files to enable the code generation. Proto buff, sorry, I'm going to type it right. No. Low case. One F. There you go. All right. So after that, we should be able to, we should have the client code. We should be able to call it by having a piece of code like this. There you go, and 
here to do that, we need the channel. Oh, just having a server address. And we'll have the channel. The channel will be Yep, so to be able to call the gRPC services, all we need to do is create a channel and create the client object and uh, invoke the method. And then you sh we should get, be able to get the response straight away from that object, uh, from the, the channel. Um, in talking about channel, um, when the gRPC client, by default, interacting with the server or services, um, by default, it's HTTP2 only. And also, by default, it's create one single channel, and all the communication is going through that one single channel. So in the whole of the application lifetime, if you're lucky enough, if you're a good, good network, you should be able to just create one channel and everything is going through the same channel. Similar like what we're doing with the socket communication or all that, all, all other kind of communication. Um, all the heavy lifting is take care of the, the client code generated for you. And we don't need to worry about whether the channel is going to disconnect because it's automatically reconnect itself if it's disconnect. Um, I'm going to talk about a bit more of how a good thing about the the channel and the services, and we can do a lot of some of the advanced things would be otherwise quite hard if you do it in the normal JSON services. But for now, let's just run it to prove it's actually running. I guess we don't need this Australian channel thing. There you go. There is the server still running. Where's our current code? Oh. Oh, okay. It's running the server, but not running the client. Let's just invoking it from here. Or we can have a do startup, that's okay. First of all, okay, CD, do, 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 do. Oh, client, dot, dot, wrong. What's going on? Oh, there's calling service. Uh, I guess I get the the server address long. That was the the long address that we're using. So our new server address is in here. Sorry, it's in the it's 
it should be seven seven three thirty five not thirty seven uh, so we can stop that one and just start one again there you go it's coming up say hello so if we look at the logging from the service oh wait we didn't enable logging that's okay so this is how we how easy it is, is actually having a .NET client code is all we need to do is reference the um, profile, generate the client, just invoke and then call the client straight away from there. Ooh, let's see what's the next thing we're gonna do. Okay, we already done that. Okay, um, since we're doing the client, I'm going to talk about what we can do with the client. Um, one of the good thing about this um, implementation is we can actually um, implement something really cool with the um, gRPC channel options. Um, here's the code. I'm going to do this thing. Not channel options, sorry. Um, the the method config. Let's just do that here. I'm going to do, 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 do. Am I doing nothing? So let's do this. So in this method call, I'm going to say. having a method config with name default and we are going to have a retry policy what, what that means is we're going to have say um, if the service become unavailable that's the condition the retriable status code we're going to try to try it again until you reach either the max time or max backup time so what we're going to do is um, to prove that we're going to have a server running side by side and we're going to stop the server we're going to stop the services and um, just having a client side running all the time and then we see how it's actually be able to retry and be able to sustain itself with not much code that we use to write. If you implement this manually, there's a whole lot of the troubles that we need to go through. There's the try policy. Um, oh, I think what we need to do is to be able to have that method config in the channel. So we're going to have next to the channel. Uh.
Oh, there is. Okay. Now we have a channel configure with policy. Now I'm going to let's just go into uh, have the server here. Going to spin up server here. On that one. At the same time, for our client, oh gosh, I want it to actually constantly calling, um, you know, second kind of um, arrangement here, um, while to just to prove that we're going to have something like this. And you can have it wait for maybe just a second. All right. So we're going to have it running. Oh, got a long every time. Uh, let's just start with this actually. It should be quite convenient. So let's start a project. All right, here's our client, and there's our server. So if I stop the server, it's going to be trying that, and uh, but it's not dying. It's not giving exception because it's keep trying. If I run the server again, you keep going. So that's the great thing. So if you have, let's say, a server, it's upgrading or somehow you have the starting itself, you will still have very robust, uh, having a reliable kind of client to be able to reconnect to be and just keep going by itself. Cool. Let's see what's the next thing to do. Um, the next of the kind of um, cool thing is the cancellation. Um, I haven't done a cancellation code. I have nowhere to cheat, but I'm trying to get the cancellation. Um, so what it means that if if the server takes forever to do things and the client doesn't want to wait that, I can just cancel that thing. It's it's it doesn't seems to be um, very exciting, but it's very useful things that if you actually run in a query, a SQL query that's very expensive and then the client or whoever doing it decided I'm not going to run this query anymore, I'm going to do a different one. You can actually cancel that query by sending the cancellation token propagated, or propagated from the client to your server, goes to your database services, say cancel that query. I'm going to run a new one. In the normal kind of scenario, that we're going to take, like it's going to wait for this, the, the, the SQL server going to be very busy and the, you have to wait for that query to be finished um, until you can send a new one. Um, let me just try if we can get that running. So assuming Let's say um, our server is quite 
a long one, uh, uh, expensive one to run the service and take forever. Let's say it's going to take 10 seconds. Let's just do a bit longer, let's say 20 seconds, just in case we can't demo that. Uh, okay. Oh, we don't need that anymore. Sorry. So that's demoing that we can actually cancel this and send a new one. Um, long away. Um, um, it is not actually. I'm going to do just prove that we can receive a cancellation token. Um, we're going to spin it up and keep going. We're going to set web point to prove that there's a cancellation token coming and then we can actually cancel on something. So let's just do something like this. Okay. Let's say this. Let's say this one's never finished and keep keep going forever. And so, ooh, let's give that warning. Does it does it build? Yes, it does. No. Uh, because we need to stop the service here. All right, it's built. That's okay. So if context, that's good thing about context is that we get because we get to access a lot of things that um in a normal ASP.NET Web API kind of scenario you have to actually any get HTTP context or all this, all sorts of kind of thing, but because it is here, um, the gRPC services actually so alongside your normal object you're going to pass in request, you have additional context to be able to have a lot of other things that you usually have. I believe the cancellation token is here. Yes. Yep. So we can do things like. Debug. Dot attach. Oop. Oh, debug. Dot break. Okay. So we're going to have a server running, and that hopefully that server is going to go forever because it's never finished. And we will be like this in a debug kind of mode. At the meantime, we're going to have the client code. To call it, we don't do a while true now this time. We know that this is going to be forever to finish. So what we're going to do is we 
when we call that, we send a cancellation token. New, you should be able to have a cancellation token passing here. Call options. With it? It. Oh, create cancellation token source, yeah. New token source. Equals new cancellation token source. I'm just working out what's the parameters we're going to pass in the cancellation token. Uh, where's F11? Gosh, got out of here, F11. So obviously, probably the cans, the core options. Inside the core options, yes, we have a cancellation token there. So let's just do that. Call options, we're gonna have passing, oh, new call options. Cancellation token. Not sure how to get it work. Um, I guess we can have a call option here. It's gonna give, give us the cancellation token. Call option equals new call options and then we can pass this call options into here and then we can let let it go so by default this should never get out it should go forever Yep, which is expected. We should be able to put the breakpoint here and knows that it actually goes forever. There it is, it goes forever now. So, cool. Now let's stop this um, client. Let's just hopefully. Uh, as you notice that when, when we stop the client, it actually send the cancellation token. That's the default behavior, of course, but we can actually stop it programmatically. Let's say we're going to say um, spinning up a task, a separate um, process to do cancellation in maybe a few seconds. Task.run. Going to be start. Um, in here is task.run, we're going to do token source dot cancellation token. I don't know, where is the cancellation token? Is token equals call option dot cancellation token. There is. So, which so hopefully, if we cancel that cancellation token, um, 
Oh, do you cancel it? Oh. Oh, we can pass in the um, cancellation token here. Oh, yeah, let, let's, uh, of course. Thanks for that. Token source dot cancellation token, token, dot token. There you go. Now we can have token source. We should be able to cancel that here. Cancel. There you go. Um, let's just do a wait a bit here. Do, do, do. Um, process. I'm going to do away. How do you do wait? Uh, not process, sorry. Sweet, thanks. <laughs> Sweet, sleep. That's the two seconds. And then we just cancel in after two seconds. So, oh, that'll be too soon. Okay, um, there you go. So we're gonna run this. We're gonna spin up the server and we can hopefully invoke it from our code somewhere. All right, I'm gonna spin up the server to ensure that it's running. And then we're going to, yeah, so it's gonna break anyway in two seconds. So let's see, um, we don't want that. We should be able to see core service. Oh. That may not be cool. It's already started. Am I doing it wrong? Oh, I should be able to just do task the one, isn't it? Um, let's just do like this. It's going to start in anyway straight away. So let's start the server, and then. Run a client, hopefully in two seconds, we're gonna see the breakpoint. There you go, it's got canceled. So this is how easy you, you can do such a thing. Um, I know you can do it through the RESTful JSON services, but you're gonna have a lot more kind of um, control and more, a lot more kind of code to be able to do this. But this, this just give us this kind of thing out of box, which is super, super, super convenient. Right, uh, I guess that's thing. The next thing, what are we gonna do next thing? Python. So um, one of the beauty of the gRPC, because it's using the protofile as the kind of definition is that You'll be able to take a protofile using the proto C tool to be able to generate a client for each of different kind of languages. Um, 
all those normal languages, or not normal, just uh, mainstream languages, all have the client generations. Um, so it will be super convenient. So if you're developing a services that you know you want to use gRPC and you know that you've got a different kind of client or different kind of people that will using different language to interacting with such services, what you need to do is having a protofile somewhere and take that protofile and generate each of a client for different languages and then just giving to the people to start using it straight away. Another good thing about it, I guess, is if you define the services straight away, you don't need to have your server ready to be able to give it to your client, to give it to the people that are doing the, um, the client um, development to be able to start their development straight away by using the client generated by using the, the service contract that predefined even before the server is available. So um, just to do that, we're going to, let's say we're going to have the Python client. To be able to do such a thing, I'm going to do VS Code, hopefully. So we're going to create a new folder. So I'm going to have just client Python code straight away. Um, but before we do that, we need to generate the client code. So um, with the Python, the client generations, I'm going to go back to cheat again, is to be able to do the client generations, we need to do with the Python, um, with other languages. C Sharp give us out of box, but under the hook, it's called Proto C tool, which has come from the Google, and Microsoft obviously have quite a heavy contribution on that side. Um, with the Python, we need to use the gRPC2.protoc, which is a bit special for Python, but that's okay. I'll, I'll cheat by copy this file and take that into our place. Hopefully you can run. I'm going to need to tidy up the, the path. So we're going to, we're not going to copy the portal file, we're going to remain that in the single place, but we're going to tidy up the file. So we're going to generate the client from this photo. So um, I actually write this piece of um, generation, pass and generation script using, um, what do you call, open AI thing? The, uh, yeah, ChatGPT, sorry. Yeah, I'll <laughs> cheat always. Um, so, um, yeah, so under the hook, it's actually calling proto C with the directory 
as Python out kind of parameter and gRPC parsing out. I'm gonna see where it actually runs. It will be in see if it's not running. Uh, let's do Python generate. Ah, okay. So the tooling, I have a piece of a code to make sure this tooling get installed. Oh, let's just copy that and cheat again. Let's just copy all this to have it ready. So I have a Python code called install proto C. This comes from the chat GPT as well. Um, so it tells me what to do. Well, it's just, I guess that's pretty easy. <laughs> and install a, this is actually for the Java, for the web kind of kinds. I need another one. Do I? I guess I got everything already. Um, the, this one, this was the, the one for the Python. I guess we can have it running to see whether it's actually generate code. There you go. Ooh. There you go. Let's client code generated for us. So there's two code. Um, there's the, um, the service with the grpc.py. This is actually, um, our service stamp for the client. Um, this one actually create the service the server side comes code for the Python. I don't hasn't worked it out how to actually just have it to generate the client code only, but I guess that doesn't matter. And the other piece of a code, it just uh, something relates to the serialization and deserialization, um, which we're going to see we can actually call the service. So we have this piece of code called a client. We need to get the port right. We also need to copy the certificate. So because it's using the HTTPS, um, we will actually need the certificate to be able to interact with it. Um, the reason that we don't need that for the C-sharp client is because it's able to call it and it'll be, it'll be able to establish the TLS connection through the, um, through the um, the, the service call and be able to get the public certificate from there. But the, obviously, the Python code hasn't got that capability. So we need to have the public certificate available for it able to, so we can have like, so we can establish the secure channel with the certificate fully um, invoking the uh, HTTP call. So that looks that okay now we can actually have it go to call it see how it go 
it's oh we don't need this for now because there's no such a thing really yeah sorry certificate is not there oh okay so i didn't put that i put it in a loop further before there you go not singing the share it wasn't belongs to the share it was because it's actually grid pb2 Sorry, what did it say? Oh, this one, this one. So it wasn't in the right place before as well. Where is our hello request? I guess that's we got additional kind of underscore there. That's because this is why it can't actually reference to it. There you go. It's trying to call, but because our server is not up, it just couldn't call it. Let's just spin it up the server. Hopefully, this time it's going to. This is not. Oh, this is server. Yes. Okay. Is it running? Yes, it does. Oh, what's going on? Because our server is super slow, isn't it? Yes, let's just fix that. There you go. We don't need that. Sorry. Just comment this out and let's just run the server from here. And hopefully we can. There you go. So this is how easy we can have a separate client with different languages and then we can call it straight away. It's actually similar, very similar kind of experience. You establish a channel, you create, you client this in the C sharp, in the Python, it's called stub, but you just invoke the service with the object that you want to do and give up the response straight away. Super easy. Um, what we're gonna do next? Let's go back to here. So I'm going to cheat a bit, just copy the code here. Charger? Charger. Oh, that's fine. It's probably not enough power for this laptop. Yeah, weak charging state. That's okay. I, I'm just, I'm hoping we can finish that with it. But if we can't, we just, Finish it. Um, I guess. <laughs> I guess um, there's no alternative. For me. It's already late anyway. Um, let's create a folder. Oh no, not that's not what we want. 
in your photo. Dot. As I just say, React. Yes. Okay. Let's just go to. That one, we're going to create the app. Oh, oh I guess we can do, 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 do this. Let's do that. Hopefully I'm going to create a thing and can delete that one now, because I don't need that. Uh, what's the naming convention? Capital letters. Uh, whatever. Ugh. Not used to this keyboard. There you go. Because we don't have a capital. Oh, you do. There you go. Uh, come on. Let's have all the naming convention right. There you go. We have one. And we should be able to. So to be able to do that, we need the two kind of singing, the, the gRPC web and the Google protobuf for the serialization and deserialization again. Hopefully that doesn't take long time. What's the time now? I guess we are going to cheat again, just using the existing one. It was take a long time, take a call. I guess gonna do here. I got the web clients here. That's already kind of being created. It's a React web app. Um, so to have that, we're gonna have those two packages. As you can see that here. Uh, Google Protobuf, gRPC web. On the top of that, we also need to generate our client code, which are already pre-generated by one of our Python script, called generate.js. Uh, also using ChatGPT to cheat to generate our theme. It doesn't work out of box. <laughs> I need to tweak it to be able to using the absolute path to be able to generate a client for us. But I guess that's what it is. Um, so we have the client generated and we have all this code here. And I have a React app. We're gonna app.js and in the React app, uh, in, there's a button. If I click the button, I'm gonna call the gRPC services where it's gonna create a client with the 
HTTPS. It worked out the channel for us, of course. And yeah, set the property, do the call. When it's coming back, we set the response. Set response is here, use that. And gonna get, give us the reply message. So let's just see we can, or oh, I think we need to get the 35 as our address, isn't it? Let's see we can run it actually from here. Uh, web client app one, yarn start. There you go. So another oh, just cool guy again. Um, so hopefully you're gonna work. I'm gonna send that request. Uh, is our server running? It does. It's kind of error. So what error we do we have? We have error says. Connection reviews. The reason it's connection reviews is because we haven't enabled the gRPC web channel, which by default it won't let you to connect. So to be able to do that, we cheat again to have the the web component available. Do, 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 do. Let's stop that. And after that, we need to inject the service. Trying to make it quick. So to have that, we need to add the there's a whole lot of code here. Add gRPC web. We also need to use logging in this case. So it knows where to go to. We also need to use calls because we are actually calling it from a different web. Otherwise, it gets blocked. We also need to, in our service, we need to enable the gRPC web and then enable the calls. Um, we have the course policy called allow all, so we need to grab that course policy too. And there you go. So that's over here. So that should get us going. That should be enough. Let's just run it. See how we go. Okay. 
Donny and go back to the web. Ooh, connection diffuse again. Was it? So change it. Wait. Seven three zero five. Oh, didn't save it. Oh, yes. Thanks for that. Uh, that should do. Let's restart it. Okay, just in case. Uh, what's going on? So we should be able to see the network connections here. Incomplete response. Oh, that's because I generated a different kind of code here um, in this project. Hmm. We can. What should we do? Is the other one's already finished? That's actually copy list. And let's just cheat here again. Is this guy finished? Oh yes, it's finished. Let's actually, let's actually um, paste and replace this um, client code. What do, 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 do. Uh, oh, could have done change the other thing. Uh, it's inconvenient to have. Of this funny keyboard. Um, so we have this code here. When we install, we should need we need to install this thingy. The gRPC web. Ooh, yeah, yeah, eight. GRPC web. There you go. And Google Protobuf. Can we do copy here? Yep. Paste. So we've got GRPC web, we've got Google Protobuf. Uh, what we're we missing? We're missing a client code. So we need to go to the generate Python. We're going to have it, not Python, sorry. We're going to generate the JS. Where is our generate JS? Oh no, I need to copy that again, sorry. There you go, the generate JS. Do, 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 do. Like uh, paste, 
So this is the same thing that's calling for the C with parameters. Um, it's quite a tricky to get it right, but I can tell you the chat GPT didn't get it right in the first place. So there's a lot of things I need to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to get the path right. The, the path would be on the web. Photos. And I think we call it, oh, this one, the web client. Oh, gosh. There's a lot of things. Hopefully, like going to walk. Python, Python, generates JS. There you go, we got the gRPC client and we have the apt, we have the dependency install. That should have everything, right? There you go, and yum, stop. Uh, yes, that's okay, because we have thing running in a different pool, this thing. Just close it. Um, okay, can we solve? I don't know what I did actually. Oh, okay, not under the share.jspb because I was doing that in a different thing. Thank you for that. So it's great. Dot pb, yep. Is that one now? Yeah. So what's not right? Greet a client. Greet a gRPC web dot pb dot gs. Um, thought this this should be right. Is this right? Yeah, it's got the greater kind and it's got, hang on, this is not right. Bleak.pb.js. Um, I don't know. I guess you can walk it out. You can use your imagination. Um, so this is how it worked. I, I guarantee it was it was working. It was working perfectly fine when I was testing it. Um, I don't know. Some of saying that it doesn't work. I just couldn't actually. All right, let's go to the next one. So yeah, it's actually tell us enable gRPC web. Um, 
So other than just enable the gRPC web in the .NET, you can actually having the proxy to be able to proxy you gRPC web traffic into in back to you, um, I guess the vanilla gRPC services. But if .NET give it to us, I mean we can use it straight away. The gRPC JSON transcoding is one of the interesting stuff. Um, let's just try to get it right this time. It's do do do. Going to cheat again. What about talk to this one straight away? Because we have it, I have it running. <laughs> it's probably easier in that way. So with, with the JSON transcoding, you'll be able to expose your gRPC services through the RESTful JSON services. And as on the top of that, you'll be able to have your normal Swagger um, or open API portal. So not you can serve in your gRPC services alongside another set of services with your normal RESTful JSON services. So the options there, I mean, it doesn't say that if I use gRPC, I can't share my services with this normal traditional JSON kind of um, arrangement. So to be able to do such a thing, we need to define the annotations. Um, so we will say list services, let's say hello services. Uh, we need to import annotations first. Um, that's kind of a reference point. And then we need to have options as a services and have list services under the path of API grid and the name as the parameters. And on the top of that, we need to have the JSON transcoding. And if you want to Swagger to be able to import, we need to import a Swagger kind of kind. And then back to the program, we need to enable the JSON transcoding somewhere. There you go. Um, no, not that one. I'm sure there's a code in the enable with JSON transcoding. Line 15. No, not. Uh, yes, this one. There you go. Thanks for that. And once we do that, we need to enable the gRPC Swagger and the, we're able to generate the Swagger um, documentations. Um, as a JSON definition file, isn't it? And then be, we just use Swagger and use Swagger UI and having the endpoint is um, the JSON definition in the, in the endpoint. So it should give us something. And um, 
this is Luani under seven three thirty seven so start going that one. If I go into our swagger endpoint, we should be able to have a normal swagger um, open or open API portal. So why do I okay? And then we can go into open up list. Let's say we want to test it out. We can say call just like that. And that would give us the normal JSON kind of um, reply. Um, yeah. So what's the next thing we're going to cover? The um, I guess we we can have the JSON transcoding. The other thing of alternative we can do is having the gateway services to be able to um, take that gRPC channel and the services and translate into our normal uh, JSON services or, or RESTful services. And we can have the kind, similar kind of the discovery services that open API portal too. Um, you, we can have, I, I, I think in my, I used to write a little Go code, the Go lang, having that implementation by default, we can actually having that plugin and have that gateway services running straight away. I'm not going to demo that today because I'm not good Go coder. Next one I'm going to show is the streaming. So one of the great thing about the GISPC is support the streaming, the server side streaming, client side streaming, or bi-directional streaming. That means you can open up the channel on the both place and both talking to each other simultaneously. Um, if you're using RESTful services, you would either use socket or use polling or use probably slightly different kind of arrangement. The implementations is quite difficult from there, but one of the good things about this is the implementation implementation about the streaming services is super easy. I'm not going to um, have it in code. I'm just going to show you what I have here. So I have a document proto file. We're going to give us the document service. I'm going to pretend we have the download big document from server file as a server side streaming. We just put a stream here and we're going to have the document list data. So what once it's going, once you establish the channel, the, the I guess the service, the call, <laughs> we can have something in the server keep pushing the message out, and the client will just get it straight away. So um, the to do that, all you need to do is to so so to, uh, why override this? You're getting. The iServer string writer. With this iServer string writer, you'll be able to write stuff, write your data in that straight away. So if you let's say if you do something in the server, it's gonna take forever, you wanna inform your the customer or user the progress of this. In the normal way, you 
probably use polling or otherwise you can if you want to do socket or you can do that but in this you can get this kind of um straight away everything's a super easy super kind of convenient way um i'm actually not going to call this let's see we we can get it working as well um i guess this is we're going to use this this thing so if we call it from here oof, what's going on yep let's don't done it wrong and it should be up to establish the connection and then getting that data straight away it's this is coming from the same one core one channel but everything's pushed down from the string similar thing we can do the um, due way bi-directional streaming by establish something like this we put a string on the server one at uh, the core one and got a string on a reply one and when you're doing that you can have your client code like this so in the client code you set up the async duplex streaming core this is by default the code generation is done for already and then while you're doing that you can we can so this this is the um so we, we have the um the reading code in a different kind of um thread and at the meantime over here we write our client data um simultaneously um so this is the way that we can have kind of i don't know uh, i mean there's this let I'm sure there's a use case somewhere we can have a two-way kind of a communication but this is super convenient and super the beauty of this is the code generation and the um, GRPC channel that is going to create it having all all sort of hard stuff let's say the connection need to be maintained somehow if you have the the network that it's it's keep dropping kind of thing it will keep connection for you and you don't have to have write your own code to implement that yourself everything is there for you and then you pretty much guarantee that what you write is what you're going to get regardless what kind of network scenario or what kind of thing you're going to get yes um let's just get it right okay other than that Yep. All right. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about it. Um, so we can do mock testing. It's super easy as well. All you do, you can mock the channel. You can mock the behavior of the call. Let's say, oh, I'm going to mocking if I have the bad network kind of thing. It's all doable in this kind of scenario. And not only you can do mock on the server, the code generation for the client code is also optimized for the mocking 
um, testing as well. You can do middleware, um, let's say the middleware for logging, for the metrics, authentication, and more. Um, yes. The next one is the changes, uh, versioning. Um, another good thing of the versioning of the gRPC is, let's say um, I have the service like this, and I have the the message at least has say hello request, but I think my name is not very good. I just change it to full name. But after that change, what the beauty of things, the client code does not need to be updated because what transmitted over the the um, generated code, not generated code, the um, serialized data is the number. It's the Slot one have this data. Slot two have that data. So the client code can still maintain the same thing. Although it's called name, not full name, it still be still be able to interacting with the original gRPC services, the updated gRPC services with the original client code. So this kind of change in the product change we call it non-breaking changes. So as long as you maintain the code and do non-breaking changes you can have same kind of services with the old version of the client. Of course, um, if you have breaking changes, let's say you change the number here, or you remove the remove a core, remove a field, that field no longer exists, that's a breaking change. You might introduce the versioning or a different kind of things um, that where you usually have your JSON uh, arrangement. To conclude that, so yeah, I guess we can all read. The development contract is pretty fine. It's very easy to manage. Very efficient binary serialization. Um, the data transfer over the network will be a lot less than the JSON or the other kind, let's say XML, whoever did the WCF SOAP web services before. The code generation is generated as long as you have protofile. You don't need to wait for the server to be ready. Um, the streaming and the, all this um, heavy lifting that already done for you with the deadline, cancellation, time up, those kind of things that are for you already. That's it. Questions? Yep. I'm uh, not familiar with that. So, the, so just repeat the question. Polly. So do, does it, does, is the question that does it interoperate with Polly or? Yeah. yeah. Does, does it need to use Polly or? I'm, I'm not sure what's the Polly. I guess, it, is it the ASP.NET um, feature? Yes, I guess it's probably not because what happened with gRPC is once it's established the connection, the channel, everything's happened within the channel itself. Uh, maybe it, in the first connection, it may use that kind of thing, but uh, what afterwards? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, can't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
That's all. Had a had a question online from uh, from uh, Zoeb. I'm not sure I pronounced his name correctly. I apologise for that. Um, who, who's new to gRPC? He's just trying to figure out what what is the difference between gRPC and and REST. Is, is it is it the binary uh, transmission of data, or is is that the the main difference? Or um, yeah, I think um, this pretty much give us everything. The protobuf, protobuf, the protobuf, that's pretty bunk. I guess it's not gRPC. <laughs> if we only talk about gRPC, it's it's the transmission protocol or transmission, what do you call it? I don't know. It is different. It's a binary format by default. Um, yeah, the gRPC web is a binary format too. Um, but you can actually enable the text format, which is the base64 formatted binary. And if you take that base64 format binary, you can actually put a little website somewhere to decode it for me. You can see that slot one with this data, slot two with that data, but you can't work it out which one's what because there's no protobuf in which that one. Um, protobuf is different. It's the, it's the serialization, deserialization um, technology. I think um, Dom actually mentioned you can actually having the GraphQL message transmitted over the gRPC um, protocol, or John, which is quite cool. I think um, I don't know that before. Yeah. I guess, yeah, no, you can't because I'll just I'll just repeat the question for those. Yeah, so, so in a yeah. in a RESTful service, you have get put um, or options. This all kind of a header um, in your header. Um, no, you can't because the gRPC is very kind of um, very kind of um, it's it's the action and the data. That's that's all you care about. If you want to have the get or the put, you can just put having a put method, put action, and the data with the put input. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, would you thank uh, Andy for his presentation? Thank you.